This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. The Chinese pattern theory says we must keep the body's subtle channels clear in order for qi, vital energy, to flow freely and unencumbered. We must take care to nourish the energy, cultivate it by not going over or under. This means not overdoing things, stressing, worrying, spending, eating, or exercising. It also means not underdoing things either, not giving enough attention to sleep, rest, play, meditation, or connecting with the people we love. The middle path, which is the Tao, keeps us balanced. Not too tight, not too loose. Valeria Tellis interviews Dr. Denise Wisner, the author of Conceiving with Love, a whole-body approach to creating intimacy, reigniting passion, and increasing fertility. Dr. Denise Wisner, DACM, licensed acupuncturist, Founder of the Natural Healing and Acupuncture Clinic in West Los Angeles is an internationally recognized traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, specializing in the whole system's Chinese medicine approach to women's health, sexuality, and fertility. Since 1994, Denise has treated and helped women manage challenges from menstrual disorders through menopause and from infertility to pregnancy. Using a combination of acupuncture, diet and lifestyle counseling, nutritional supplements, and Chinese herbs, Denise has helped thousands of couples navigate the tricky and often stressful journey toward fertility without losing their loving connection. She has a Bachelor's of Science in Exercise Kinesiology, UCLA, a Master of Arts in Traditional Chinese Medicine, Emperor's College, and a Doctorate from Pacific College of Health and Science. She is also a certified sex coach and board certified by the State of California and the American Board of Oriental Reproductive Medicine, ABORM. Denise teaches professional seminars to medical doctors, OBGYNs, and nurse midwives on the application of Chinese medicine in obstetrics and gynecology and has published articles on acupuncture and infertility. In addition to a thriving private practice, Denise lectures at conferences and works closely with reproductive endocrinologists. In her spare time, she relishes practicing yoga, dancing, and playing guitar. She loves to travel and hang out with her two sons, Noah and Ethan, and Petey, her cockatoo. Meet Dr. Denise at denisewisner.com and naturalhealingacupuncture.com. Here is the interview with Dr. Denise Wisner.
in your own words, who is Dr. Denise Wisner? <laughs> I love that question. Uh, in my own words, I am, it's funny, I'm a person. I'm a person who, I'm a healer. And I really use Chinese medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, along with other modalities to do my work in helping individuals heal. I love that. As I said off record, for some reason, it's really very attractive to me and a beautiful thing. So my first question or the second official question is, how did you become interested in Chinese medicine, Denise? I became interested in Chinese medicine when I was working as an exercise physiologist many years ago, and I was having all sorts of digestive problems, and I called my Western medical doctor, and he just told me to take Metamucil, some fiber, and I thought, how's that going to do anything? <laughs> and I happened to get some treatment by a Chinese medical doctor, and it was really life-changing. Not only was it acupuncture, but there were herbal medicine, there were lifestyle suggestions, and it really transformed my life and took me on a path of becoming a doctor of Chinese medicine and studying, studying Eastern philosophy. Yeah, that's what you call um, holistic doctors? Yeah, I mean, the, the idea of holistic, I mean, people call it so many different things complementary, but it's really a system that was developed 3,000 years ago that looks at body, mind, and spirit, really takes into account all aspects of a person, not just like digestion. So it looks at everything, which is why I guess people call it holistic. Yeah. On your website, um, your biography too, I believe, you speak exactly about that, healing the mind, body, and spirit. For a moment, talk to me about what the spirit component is and how do we learn to connect with that part of us? You know, I love that question because I recently met um, a a man who was telling me he is an atheist, and I and I and I sort of asked him this strange question because it's not religious, you know. Being spiritual is not religious necessarily. I was like, well, well, are you spiritual? And he said, you know, yes, I'm spiritual. And I really wanted to deeply inquire what that meant for him. But for me, when I when I look at the the level of the spirit, that's really like the Tao in Chinese medicine, which is really encompassing everything. It's the it's it's things seen and unseen. So uh, the the Tao is pretty amazing in Chinese medicine in in and we would call it the spiritual realm, right? The things that are sort of unseen, behind the scenes, if you will, nature, if you will. So also on your website, you say something that's really beautiful. I am a believer in love and healing. How would you describe what love is? And also, what is your understanding of healing? Okay, so the first question, like, what is my understanding about love? Love kind of for me is that feeling. And it, it doesn't necessarily mean just about you know, love for a person. It could be love for a sunset. You know, last night I happened to be at the beach and, and there was a full moon last night also. And I watched the sunset and uh, the sunset, it's that feeling of open heartedness when we watch something so beautiful that it, that it opens our heart where we have, where we feel connected to that part of ourselves that's beyond the thinking mind. Love to me is about having an open heart. I mean, sometimes when you look at a newborn baby, you know, that feeling of just looking at this little being, you know, that, that open heartedness that we feel for me, that's love. Right. And, and it can be by looking at another person at a stranger in the eyes and, and connecting that could be love, or it's about sharing 
an, a, an intimate moment with your partner, you know, where you really are being vulnerable, right? So it's all those things. Love is a sort of universal, uh, universal energy, if you will, for 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 life. Mm, oh, I love that, Denise. Thank you for sharing this timeless wisdom. And when it comes to healing, it's a question that I often ask about. Is healing an ongoing process, journey, or we can actually say that at some time we can say that we are healed as if we have arrived at a destination? I think personally that life is a journey. You know, I I used to think that we arrived. I used to think that there was like a goal and we accomplished it or we, you know, we had something wrong, we healed it and then we, we, we arrived. But in my wisdom of getting older, I've realized that it's an ongoing journey, that we're always healing and working on and arriving, and then there's new things to work on. Yeah, it's a journey, right? I think it's a journey. It really feels like it. There's always something to, perhaps not to heal, and we use that word, I love that word, to understand, to explore. It might be what healing explore. really is, right? I think, I think I like that better. There's always something to explore. And that things come up, right? We're we're complex individuals, so um, I like that better. There's 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 always something to explore, unless you're dead. There's <laughs> <Yes>. nothing. <laughs> True. <laughs> it makes so much life so much fun, right? There's a the sense of adventure, exploration, right? That might be what healing is. Another question I have for you, the warm up questions, is the purpose of the human experience. What do you think that is? Is there a ultimate purpose or this is another journey. I think that everyone is unique and everyone has, you know, a, a different kind of purpose and, and maybe destination or maybe guided. I mean, I, I sort of open up to all possibilities when, that, when it comes to that question. I don't know that I'm so wedded to one answer of like, why are we here? But I think to grow, to elevate ourselves and, and hopefully the planet at the same time, right? Because we, we, we need some energy to go to our planet right now so we can help the, help the planet you know, sustain over generations. We don't destroy it. In your book, you say Chinese medicine's focus is maintaining balance. And this is a word that I have used a lot too, and we talk a lot about balance here. From your perspective, balance is something that relates to healing, directly to healing as another way of exploring life or can we somehow get to this place this balanced place and stay there i think that according to my medicine traditional chinese medicine that i've studied it's always a work in progress right nature is always trying to balance itself we're trying to balance itself there's the forces of yin which is the nourishing forces and then there's the forces of yang which is the sort of more outward forces and they have to be in balance but they're never in balance you know so they're always trying to it's always this sort of trying to find the middle way and one of the beautiful things i love about the dao de ching is this look into which is a book that was written many years ago um it, it is a little bit of about chinese medicine but it's this look into living a life at the in the middle path which means not so extreme, right? So we, I think there's this idea that, you know, we need to be happy all the time. It's extreme happiness, mm -hmm, like right. ecstatic, <laughs> ecstasy, True. right, all the time. And, and that's sort of like almost like the middle way is, is 
living a balanced life. So maybe there's times that there are, there is ecstasy, but there's times that there's like boredom, <laughs> you know, how do we juggle the two and, and, and find a middle way in all of that is, is I think the answer to that question about balance. Yeah. It resonates. Yeah. There's, it's almost like a dance, which it is a balance. So navigating this reality just says it comes and doing the best we can with what we have in the moment. I agree. Yes, and being mindful of what that is and being okay with whatever life gives us and trying to, you know, you know, sometimes it doesn't give us, you know, joy. (laughs) Sometimes it's a a road. It's difficult. I have a lot of cancer patients I treat also and, you know, and watching them do their journey in the most gracious way is, is, you know, is heartwarming for me. Yeah. We call it wisdom. I see beauty, almost like humans becoming nature itself. Yes. Yes. Wiseness, even navigating difficulty. Uh, so I have a few more questions for you. The warm-up questions. So many here, actually. I have to choose. <laughs> Let me see the next one. True power. What comes to mind when you hear those two words, Denise, this phrase? What is true power to you? I believe true power is really owning your own... I, wanna, I don't want to use the word stuff, but owning your own truth. Because... There can be power in silence. It's individual. It's really owning your own your own way. To be to be true true to yourself is true power in life, which might be you know um, saying no or saying yes. So it's very individual, I believe. Mm, I love that too. <laughs> I love your wisdom. <laughs> yes, yes, a billion times to that, and the courage to do that. Right, because it takes courage to be To own your own truth, it definitely takes courage. Sometimes it's like even finding out what that is. Yeah, right. Another exploration, right? Mm -hmm. I have two more questions. What do you love most about being in a human body? I love most about being a a human body is the ability to, you know, so many things. But I think I just, I was at dance last night, as I mentioned. I was dancing on the beach. And there, for me, dancing is such a level of being in a human body because I can express myself without words in my body, right? Um, the ability to, I think that what I love most is, is that for myself, but I also love the senses, the ability that I can, I can see, that I can see this full moon we had last night. I can smell beautiful smells of cooking and wonderful things. I can taste it's just that I can live my life with my senses. I was a kind of immersing myself into that moment. Mm. <laughs> what a beautiful thing to experience. Yeah, there's, uh, it's almost like we call it full uh, presence, isn't it? The embodiment of the moment in a body. Yes, I mean, that we have this ability. And even those who don't have the ability to see, they, can, they have heightened hearing or smell, right? It's just that we have these amazing senses that help us through life. And my last warm-up question is about freedom. How would you describe what freedom is to you, liberation, freedom? That's a big question right now as, as there's so much debate on freedom, you know, um, in all over the world, what is freedom? Freedom is, 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 I think, is being able to live your truth, whatever that might be, but in a way that, that is, is, is made out of love. Right, because people live can live their truth out of hate, and I don't know that that's real freedom. So it's it's the ability to to feel love and live that truth. So you wrote the book "Conceiving with Love: A Whole Body Approach to Creating Intimacy, Reigniting Passion, and Increasing Fertility." Talk to me about 
how did you become a writer first? And then what was the inspiration and intention of writing your book? It's funny, um, in terms of being a writer, like I've had many individuals, like astrologers, psychics, um, have t told me, you, you are going to write a book one day. And I was like, yeah, what is this book going to be on? <laughs> I just have no idea. But then one day it just sort of came to me that I, I work with so many in, uh, individuals and couples that are trying to conceive. And the one thing that's not t spoken about is a topic of sexuality and what that means and how that is blended into conce conception, trying to conceive a baby. It's like the one thing I go to many seminars and nobody talks about sexuality. And there's just so much shame around that subject. I felt like it was really important to not only talk about, you know, what to eat and what to do with your body and et cetera, but to really answer questions around human sexuality, to make it about love and connection in order to conceive. Even here on the podcast, I don't talk a lot about sexuality. Yes, and it is a it is sort of a taboo subject because so many people have so many different beliefs around sexuality that just nobody wants to talk about it. Well, not nobody. There are people that do. So you are a fertility and intimacy coach. Actually, not just that. You're also the founder of the Natural Healing and Acupuncture Clinic, traditional Chinese medicine practitioner specializing in the whole systems Chinese medicine approach to women's health, sexuality, and fertility. Um, I guess the question that I have for you on that, talk to me for a moment about the approach that you use, which you have been talking already, but in a brief way about that. And also sexuality, why do we run from it, <laughs> including myself? It's a challenge to engage in conversations when it comes to sex. It's my case too. Yeah, I mean, I think in sort of, the, the, I think in, in answering that question, um, and I can also weave into a whole body approach, but I think we, we shy away from it because there, we've been fed from generations and generations around taboos around sexuality. There's so many different beliefs around sexuality, right? And, and this goes into gender, I mean, um, and, and sexuality, right? And, and, um, what that means. And we have all this, we have all this baggage, if you will, from the past. It's not a clean slate. You know, you're, you're sort of taught like, you know, don't, if you're a woman, it's like, don't button your shirt too low. Don't expose your breast. Don't, you know, don't turn attention to yourself. Right. I mean, there's a whole, the whole thing. Don't, you know, don't, you know, if you're in certain religions, it's like save yourself till you get married, and that's the way you're, you're, you know, you're, and everything else feels like oh, it shouldn't be that because we have these rules that we're supposed to follow, and even there's rules around masturbation. You know, some some religions say don't masturbate, you know, don't lose a seed, and and so you know, then you already have all this guilt and shame if you do, which is a you know a normal thing, and and then nobody knows what the rules are, and. Even my son, who you know is now 19, my youngest, um, I just sent him off to college. But uh, but he, you know, he, when he was in high school, I was like, oh, show me what they teach you in sex sex ed education. I want to know. And he came home and he just put these two pamphlets down on the ta table. One was like, don't get an, a, a sexually transmitted infection, and do you want to have a baby when you're in high school? <laughs> so th that's what right. he got. That was his education around sexuality. It wasn't like when you find the right person. And you love somebody, you know, you, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. It's what we're meant to, to do. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a thing with the right person. It's, it, you know, or even not, I mean, it's just sex for pleasure, you know, pleasure for women, you know, it's, 
so much taboo. So I think in answer to the question, we, we don't have a lot of education around sexuality. So a lot of people don't really know where to go to talk about it. And everybody's beliefs differ so much that you just don't, people just don't talk about it. So true. Is that how you begin the sessions with your clients? Let's talk about sexuality. <laughs> Isn't there a song like that? Let's yeah. talk about sex, baby. Yeah, I let my right. clients, you know, steer the conversation. I do give them permission and let them know that I have a background in sexuality and I'm a certified sex coach in addition to being a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner and a doctor of Chinese medicine so that they feel comfortable in talking to me about things that people don't feel comfortable talking about. So I, I really open the door to let them know that this is a safe space created, whether it's on telemedicine or whether it's in my office. It's a safe space to talk about anything because people really have held in so much stuff they've never talked to anybody about. And they start talking to me and opening up and it's wonderful, wonderful to talk about the subject. Do you connect loving the body, our own bodies and loving ourselves It's something that helps us to be more open to these topics. Uh, yes, I think I think that you know some reason. One of the reasons, like women, talk to me um, about like not wanting to have sex is sometimes is love of body. You know, like they've just learned that, like learned they've compared their bodies to what society says is the perfect body, and they have a lot of shame just around their body. So it's like if you don't love your own body, how can you share it with another person? And it's a hard one, right? I mean, I'm a woman. I I, I was raised that way too. Like, oh, there's a little bit of extra fat on my my belly. <laughs> like, oh, I don't want someone to touch that. You know, it's funny how we get around around that. You know, and even though um, so I think it is a it is about learning to love oneself first. Absolutely, and to be comfortable with one's body, and then it's the ability to share a body with another person, and as you mentioned, to communicate what we like and what we don't like, and that often doesn't happen in in couples too, where people sort of are able to ask for what they want or even know what they want. Um, so I'll give couples exercises to do to help them understand, to help them to engage in in learning about their partners. Is that the definition of intimacy? Actually, I should I mean, ask you. And to me, I see I, it, intimacy is 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 being able to be vulnerable. Is to be so many things, right? I mean, asking questions or um, being able to, yeah, be able to sort of say your truth. Remember, we mentioned that earlier about what is our truth, you know, and do we even know our truth? I mean, sometimes it's a like an exploration especially sex, sexuality. It's an exploration of like, how does this feel? How does that feel? What if we tried this? What would that be like? Oh, you know, maybe we need, you know, I would love to be touched more in the beginning. Um, I like to be touched this way. Or even, it doesn't have to be so much communicating in, in words. It could be communicating in, in, in sounds. I mean, there's just so much, so many ways to do it. Yeah, especially for introverts. Uh, women, yeah, it is a challenge for women, I see. And in my case, I'm an introvert. So that's a challenging one <laughs> to talk about these things. Yeah, so I mean, sometimes there's like, there's a, there's sometimes I'll have, I'll give couples like games to play, like, like, like touch games. So it's like you ask for how you want to be touched for a certain amount of time. And then you can ask for anything, you know, it's just like fun things. And it could be like, can you stroke my hair? Can you use your nails to tickle me? Could you play with the back of my, can you, can you lightly kiss the back of my neck? I mean, you can ask for fun things and then you get to switch. And, um, and that's a kind of fun way to sort of like ask for what you want, but have it in a structured way. Yeah. In a playful way. That sounds really good to me. <laughs> yes. Playful so that you don't, it's like it actually, you don't have to sort of like 
pull it out of nowhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that doesn't sound too natural. For me, it wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, the playfulness really helps. So you use a combination of acupuncture, diet, and lifestyle, counseling, nutritional supplements, and Chinese herbs. I have done acupuncture and it's wonderful. It really, really works. Do you often use a combination of all of these methods or for some people, it's not all of them are needed? It depends. Like I, it depends on the person. So I've been lately doing a lot of telemedicine with, with women that have like PCOS and endometriosis and, you know, or, you know, they're getting older or they advance maternal age or low ovarian reserve or men who have low sperm counts. And, you know, it's, it's never just acupuncture. A lot of times it will be, you know, lifestyle counseling, nutrition. I'll, I do custom herbal medicines. I'll write er herbs for many women and men. And it's just, it's all based individually on what a person's presentation. Sometimes I order a lab test, like stool samples and adrenal stress. It just depends on the person and what they're coming to me, where I think they need, they need a push. It's funny. I had a woman who came to me who doesn't ovulate at all. She's low ovarian reserve. She's in her thirties. And it turns out she works with chemicals. She's like, does like eyelashes. And I thought, you know, and she has really, she had really bad eczema and digestive issues. And I, instead of like going for the low ovarian reserve and just working on that level, I worked on clearing up her eczema and her, and, 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 you know, and worked on chemicals. And funny enough, she just ovulated for the first time to, she had two follicles that she ovulated. They could, they were like, what are you doing? But I didn't treat her. I didn't treat her, you know, her ovaries. I treated her body, her whole presentation. So it depends on the person. It's very individual. Talk to me, Denise, about your approach to menopause or even Pre, what do you call pre-menopause or there's a different Peri name? Perimenopause. Yes. Perimenopause, around menopause. That's a big one for women because it, it starts at women and, you know, they say it starts after 35, but everyone's really different. And it's really helping women navigate this time before their body goes into menopause and really preparing for menopause. So it's, you know, things start to change. Women sleep, you know, get, women get more anxious. Women sometimes have irregular periods. And we really want to smooth over that transition for women so that they, they you know, if, if they're under stress to help them navigate it. So again, it's back to the sort of mind-body approach, you know, of, of how, to, how to navigate it. Now, let me ask you the question about hormone therapy. Do you sometimes recommend that? Is that necessary for some women? It's funny, when I, you were asking me that question and I was thinking about a woman who I was going to try some progesterone on. I, am, I do not advocate hormone therapy. I, there are some women that it's perfect for and they should, they should definitely get hormone therapy. But um, I, I'm an acupuncturist and Chinese medicine practitioner, so I would prefer to use other, other modalities before I would get into hormone therapy. Um, I, don't, I, I didn't use it for my menopause. Um, I use other, other, other things, but it's a very personal decision. Right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I love that suggestion and, and I absolutely agree trying the natural approach first and then if it doesn't work yes try something you can always else. do bioidentical hormones i mean that's that's always the case and i mean you can until you're like menopausal in a certain but um you know it, I, I like to try other things first and what happens with par with menopause is that women you know like 
things work a little bit and then they stop working. So it's, 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 it's always kind of like adjusting what you're giving women when they're in perimenopause and in menopause. So in your book, uh, part three, we have been talking, it's a title, Creating Space. And we have been talking about, um, you talked earlier about letting go of shame, which is part of that part three. Talk to me for a moment also about releasing trauma and how does it affect us in healing the body? Uh, trauma is very complicated and we hold it on so many levels. Sometimes it's held in the body or in the mind or in our quick reactivity in our, in our ancient limbic system in our brain. So part of changing trauma is learning to work with a level of, you know, a spirit also and in changing the patterns that we've developed in our brains, because it, we, we go into this fight or flight freeze response faster than we can think it through. So sometimes we, we have to learn how to develop new patterns. And it's, you know, I can, I work with trauma as an acupuncturist using the eight extraordinary vessels. And, but I also think, you know, it's great to work with other trauma practitioners, somatic practitioners, and work with psychologists with the EMDR. There's many ways to deal with trauma, but it's very essential if you've had trauma that pushing it down doesn't work. It inevitably has to come up and we have to look at it and find ways to help to deal with it in a healthy fashion. Yeah. So feeling the feelings, yeah, not trying to escape them. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And what is your suggestion for um, stress relief? What's the most <laughs> for women, especially? <laughs> That's a big topic. We could spend an hour yeah, on right. that. I know. Uh, I know. Uh, True. Yes. Uh, I feel like it's it's it, what helps work with stress is again it's it's looking at mind body spirit. So it's looking at foods you eat. You know, are you eating crummy foods with no nutritional value or eating good foods for you? So you're feeding your body good foods helps us deal with stress, right? B vitamins help us deal deal with stress. And so diet is essential. Exercise, really basic, but, you know, doing some type of not just cardio, but sometimes like meditative exercise, like yoga or qigong or, you know, meditative walks. I feel like that's in nature. It's very, getting into nature is a great way to deal with stress. Meditating, fabulous. And if you don't have a practice, some people are like, I can't do it, but there's so many ways, different ways to meditate. So I encourage my patients to look at different ways. I think that once we have the basics, getting enough sleep down, right? Sleep, exercise, eating, right? Um, dealing with stress. It is a, a journey because we all have stress. And, you know, we've all experienced a lot of stress in the last couple of years. <laughs> you know? True, yes. Right? It's been a more, yeah. I, I have more anxious patients in my practice than I can tell you at this moment. And, you know, then there's like calming herbs. I have a lot of great, before people get onto SSRIs for big anxiety, I have great herbs in my pharmacopoeia and great herbal formulas that are really beneficial in helping people get calmer. So that's another addition to the, the puzzle. And acupuncture and massage are wonderful. Aromatherapy, there's just so many additional tools to help calm. Thank you for your suggestions. I agree. I love essential oils. I I do them often. I have a diffuser here in the room, actually, and I use it. Kind of helps a lot, but not too much, though. <laughs> Sometimes it overpowers the sense, and it's a bit too much. We're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, would you like to add anything else or read a passage in your book? Uh, before the ending question, I just like, I think if you're trying to have a baby or you're having issues, um, really, it's like, I just think the best thing is to like put our hands over our heart and to breathe in some self-compassion. 
because I think that's so important for us to just be compassionate, even if we have a lot of stress, right? It's just to have a lot of love turned inward. Uh, there's a lovely quote by Mary Oliver. It's by my desk right now. It says, keep some room in your heart for the unimaginable. And I'll look at that sometimes and I think, yeah, that's right. Like open my heart. Yeah. To all possibility. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. What a beautiful message. Thank you. Thank you so much, Denise. And before we end the conversation today, let me see which questions to ask. I think I'll ask this one. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? <laughs> that's a big question. Um, for me, success success is, um, I, I just had it recently, this feeling of like raising my kids. Like I, I just putting my heart into something and, and, uh, and, and actually changing people's lives. I feel like I'm successful if I touch someone's life in a small way that I, I am a success. Yeah. And, uh, touching others. So even like I, I just dropped my kid off to, to college, as I mentioned, my youngest and, and I kind of walked away from that experience and I was like, I did it. I, I like raised two children and I put them off in the world and they're good people, but it doesn't have to be on such a grand scale. It could be just like, I, I help somebody and they say, thank you. And it changed the course of their life or it did. It's just maybe a little thing, but I think for some reason for me, success is helping myself and helping others. Mm, ah, I love that too. Wow. I love, 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 love a billion times your wisdom and your message. It's, Thank you so much. That means a lot. Yeah, it's beautiful and it's true with capital T, helping ourselves and others at the same time. So two more questions. What is another word for healing? Um, I, I want to bring it back to love, self-love. Healing is about self-love, loving loving yourself into health, loving yourself into a life, loving yourself into feeling the best you can be, even if you're struggling with a disease. I think that oftentimes cancer is like the fight, you know, like we have to fight cancer. And I hate that. I think that's like, that's just such a not, I, I don't like that. So I'll tell my patients if they have cancer, it's like, you want to love the cells into to, to being normal. Yeah. Yes. We love them into being normal. Ah. Yeah, I can only breathe to that. I mean, I love everything you say. <laughs> I love everything about you. Thank you, Denise, again. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and my last question is, what are three things about life you wish everyone to experience before they lose the body? Uh, three things. I think everybody should experience deep pleasure before they leave the body. Because <laughs> our body, good. whatever that means to you, I think that there's so much pleasure. It could be in, you know, doing something that you've never, that you've always wanted to do that you keep putting off, you know, it could be traveling, whatever, whatever gives you pleasure, finding out what gives you pleasure and experience before you um, leave the body. Finding some inner peace before we leave the body, I think is something that um, I'm watching my 95-year-old dad really struggle with his his body aging and just not able to do the things that he wants to do. So I feel like inner peace, regardless of what your body or what you're going through, is something I wish everyone to experience, and I'm myself included, <laughs> before we leave the body. It's just making peace with with everything. And so pleasure, um, inner peace, and what's the third one? Um, I think just probably love, you know, love. Mm, yeah, everything goes back to love, doesn't it? Yeah, it all goes back to love. You have been saying that throughout the interview and the heart, mentioning open up the heart and love. Thank you so much again, Denise, for your presence in this reality and everything that you represent. It's really beautiful and true and natural. 
Thank you so much. Before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? We're fabulous. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> do you have a website? You do have a website, right? Yes, I have my personal website, which is where I do like all my coaching. It's deniswiesner.com. And I have like a link you can get on the newsletter. And that's probably the best place. And there's my clinics, naturalhealingacupuncture.com for my clinic in West LA. And they both feed each other. So, Oh, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, we'll have those links on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Denise. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Dr. Denise Wisner and her work, please visit denisewisner.com and naturalhealingacupuncture.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.